Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... Unspun Special Edition Election Time! <laughs> what is that? Happy birthday, Boxing Day. <laughs> Happy birthday, Boxing I know, right? I worked a 12-hour shift on my birthday. That was always good times. Dude. But it was all right. What? Oh, Thank what? You. Oh, what a night. Oh, what oh. a night. Shocker. Shocker. I mean, yeah, it was surprising. 51% for Ken Sim in Vancouver. Uh, and Brenda Locke was not a surprise, but I hear there is some pushback from uh, McCallum about uh, contesting it and seeing if it can be re- a recount. Okay. Okay. So, okay, where, where, Doug. Where do you want to start? Um, let's. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna shock the people who are turning tuning in on this, and I would like to acknowledge the people of Chilliwack. I would like to acknowledge the people of Chilliwack who who did not reelect the transphobic, homophobic nightmare that is Barry Newfeld. And I'm telling you what, it was a long time coming. It happened, and isn't it fascinating that the first trans man has been elected as a school trustee on the same election that Barry Newfeld is voted out. And I just want to put that out there as I think there's a reason to be optimistic in this world when when votes count and matter that way. Before we dive into how people are already arguing about what this means in Surrey or what that means in Vancouver, or what this, which we're going to do, we're going to take the spin out of it. But I, I didn't warn you first I was going to do that, but it comes from my heart for all of the kids for the, the, the studentvoices.ca, who we had on the Steel and Vance show last Thursday, student voices, studentsvoices.ca. Um, amazing. These kids pushing back with positivity and doing it in a way that I think is really spectacular and being heard. So now. Speaking of how, positivity. How did I, no more Kennedy Stewart. Yeah. Uh, and Colleen also kind of wiped out, you know, and Colleen Hardwick and team in Vancouver. I think, as I've been saying for a long time, that a, a leader has to kind of inspire. Or there has to be something inspiring. And I'm not saying Ken Sim was particularly inspiring, but I can say without a doubt that Kennedy Stewart and uh, Colleen Hardwick's campaigns were absolutely not inspiring. Uh, and Colleen Hardwick's campaign was completely based on negativity. You know, I was talking to Amanda this morning, my partner, you know, and saying to her, you know, Trump is quite negative and quite a negative person. But... His campaign slogan has always been like, get great. It's always about positivity. Right. Let's make America great. So while his campaign, while he himself is quite a negative person, he has he understands how that you have to inspire people and get them excited. Spin it. You have to spin you it. to get them excited. And Colin yeah. Harbour just made everybody womp. And, and Kennedy Stewart didn't even run a campaign. Where was – I've been saying this for weeks. Where, where was it? People wanted to vote for the left or center. That's generally how we vote in Vancouver. But there was no reason to do it. He didn't give them any reason to vote for him. And so basically that mushy middle, and I talked about this last night on CTV, that's where they went. We, you and I have talked about this. Where do they where do they land? And they, they obviously landed on Ken Sim, and that's how you win big in Vancouver. That's how Gregor Robertson did it, and that's how Ken Sim did it last night. Let's have a little bit of a chat about polling, because I triggered some people hard just by retweeting. Something that I love, Justin McElroy. We talk about him all the time. He is so great. He's smart. He's funny. He's irreverent. And he's fact-based. He put out Mario Canseco of Research Co's 
um, polling um, for, I think it was October 14th. I've totally lost track of days. I believe it was the day before the election, late in the day. Here's what it looks like. So it's kind of like, here's the last exit poll thing before actual voting day. And it had uh, Ken Sim up two at 33%, Kennedy Stewart down three at 33%, Colleen Hardwick at 12%, and Mark Marison and Fred Harding at like eight or 5%, I can't even remember, they're barely registering. But then 14% of voters undecided. So there's your mushy middle, right? So I'm looking at that Mm -hmm. and I'm like, George, you've been educating me for probably (laughs) 18 months about what this should look like. And, And typically, that would lean toward re-electing the incumbent, unless especially a left-leaning incumbent in Vancouver. When there's only one on the left, right? So, but I put mm-hmm. it out there with no qualification. I have not endorsed anybody. I have told everybody who's asked me who to vote for. I'm like, you're going to have to figure out that yourself. I do know what I don't want. I don't want another four years of what we've seen. And mm-hmm. Kennedy Stewart, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again because this is a special, and maybe somebody's only listening to me for the first time. Kennedy Stewart lost me in a pandemic when he basically stood yeah. up and said, we're screwed, we're bankrupt, bankrupt. And, and I can't afford the police, so see ya, us? see ya, do, 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 and then off he went. And I was like, yeah. wait, what, what? Like, yeah, we and then, in that moment, I was scared, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know where our city's leadership was gonna take us, and he took us nowhere. So yeah. when somebody's like, well, great, Ken Sam's now gonna go downtown east side and like drag it with a bulldozer, I'm like, is he though? Is he though? <laughs> He's not going to do that. I'll tell you. But that. that's what people the are freaking out about in their in their yeah, levels of uh, spectrum on the political spectrum. But uh, yeah, the solution for. He's not going to solve homelessness in five years, like no. these kinds of big grand statements. He, you know, right. he, he won a decisive victory. He does have uh, what I, I call this, you know, I've told you about the supermajority on council, which is eight votes um, right. in Vancouver. And I would expect it's the case in most places, but certainly in Vancouver, if you have eight votes, that gives you a supermajority for things like real estate, making purchasing right. and selling decisions. That's a big deal. So they don't have to wait on council, the rest of the council or convince council if they want to sell or buy real estate. That's That speeds up a lot of things. Um, so it's really about so driving. Can you, just, uh, can you break that down just a little bit? Because you and I have talked about, again, you and I have discussed this before, can it keep, but from a council perspective, mm-hmm. that buying and selling, when you're talking about that, somebody's frontal lobe is exploding because they're like, developers are all going to make all that money. Developing also includes affordable housing and, and housing for, you know, property yeah. for, because building homes for people, period, yeah. the city, is also the city, developing, right? Yeah, the city is the biggest landowner, any city generally, yeah. in any town, yeah. province is usually the biggest landowner in that town. But in Vancouver, especially, that's the case. They include roads as part of that. Um, but there are many places in the city that the city owns that are either unused i mean there's not you can't even get a list of all the pieces of property that the city owns and they own tons and they're little pockets here and there quite often it's because of engineering bought these pieces of property years ago to for something that that never happened right it's alleys it's weird stuff it's it's all over the place yeah um and so it's an opportunity to either sell that stuff get make some cash if you want or turn it into do something with it develop it uh, or put it on into a land lease or something start you know they're making those decisions quick i'm not saying that's what they're going to do but that gives them the no. power that's and legal that's what i'm they can do and all that kind of stuff so it just gives them the ability to push through big stuff like that or complicated stuff or stuff that some people might push back at and buying things as well the other the other just a majority in itself on council on school board and on 
on Parkboard. Uh, huge one green uh, on Parkboard. This is amazing. I mean, this is, uh, I, I don't know much about the Parkboard candidates, to be honest, with ABC in Vancouver. Um, and Ken Sim had promised to dismantle the Parkboard. He's pulled back on that, obviously. And now that he has this, this massive majority on Parkboard, uh, but they never claimed that they were going to remove that bike lane in Stanley Park, uh, Jody. So I'm afraid you're probably still going to have a bike lane in Stanley that, Park. That, that's basically what I want to say here is if Ken Sim, as mayor of Vancouver, wanted to get rid of Park Board with a supermajority and a majority on Park Board, he actually could. Park Board themselves had to get rid of themselves. So that they right, have but they have a majority, a, so they could yeah, vote, they could vote First thing they could to do. get rid of it. Yeah, but they're not going to so, do that. No, they're not. No, they're not. I'm a little disappointed that Trisha Barker's not on the park board. She had worked so hard. And I'm, that's not not a party thing. That's a person thing. She's been so um, laser focused on people with disabilities and the elder elderly having access that I just want to acknowledge that her hard work. And how about that MPA tweet saying, <laughs> get, get, out, get out today and vote for John Cooper? <laughs> Well, they would have got more votes if John Cooper had been their mayoral candidate, that's for sure. Uh, Ken Sim might have been a bit more worried last night uh, than, right. he might, than he was. But uh, yeah, Trisha is was a good, was a really good park board commissioner. And, and uh, you know, I think it's a testament, though, to the campaign that team ran. Uh, also, Trisha was kind of hard. You know, she was really, uh, the bike lane thing, I've talked about this. You got to be really careful in yeah. saying you're going to remove bike lanes in Vancouver. That doesn't win you a lot of fit friends in a lot right. in a mushy middle. They like bike yeah. lanes. Yeah. So you got to be careful when you talk about bike lanes in Vancouver. And so that hurt her. And then being part of that team, that negative campaign that she, that she was part of, um, she got pulled down in several ways. But she wouldn't have won if she was on MPA either. So uh, right. They got destroyed. They're they're dead and buried uh, as a party. I would say now, as as is wow. they're gone. They're both gone. Two parties so, that got all the power five what five four years ago now are just dis have disappeared off the face of the earth. But kind of rightfully so when you look at the state of the city. However, as you've pointed out by um, the book that you talk about regularly about the San what's happened in San Francisco, um, what we've seen happen in Portland, what we've seen happen in Seattle, what we've seen happen in many cities yeah. across North America is what we are seeing happen here. Nobody really has a magic wand, but certainly the parties that have been in power most recently, who've perhaps taken the more... Um, Left leaning. There's really no other way of putting it. The 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 the, the sort of more yeah, passive yeah, route. You know, well, whatever the, the whatever the word is, it turns it into a dirty word though. When the yeah. result is more crime, more homelessness, more addiction, more mm -hmm. and and whether or not what would here's the real unspun question for you, George. You said this about Kennedy Stewart and his council uh, when he was elected uh, four four years ago. What's on tap here as a priority? Do you think? for the new mayor of Vancouver in terms of what should he do or not do in these first 50, 100 days of, of, of mayoralship? Well, he made a lot of promises that are pretty bold and probably not doable. Uh, there are some of the things that even I know his council know, the ones that were uh, incumbents know, it's already happening with staff. Things like uh, laneway house uh, having like, I think three or five uh, templated laneway homes that you can say, okay, I'll put that one in my backyard and then you get approval very quickly. That's already in the works. Um, 
You know, I think one of the things, and it, it, it's going to be the first thing they need to do is take their time with the budget. They don't have to approve the budget in December. They'll be they'll be sworn in in about two weeks. Um, I've been told. So you know, they'll be at work in November. Uh, they should just take that budget, tear it up, start again, take a look at everything, and they have till April, March, April, May to really finish that budget because that budget will lay the groundwork for for the next four years, if not eight years. Uh, for this council. So they need to be cautious on how they look at that budget. You know, Kenson made some big promises about moving money around. It's possible to do that, but you have to go in there and make some really tough decisions about specific ta- uh, specific uh, projects that are in the works, especially on the environmental side, which of course we heard Adrian Carr last night for the Green Party. I've never seen Adrian do this sort of a call to arms, you know, for the yeah. she will be the opposition. I am going to hold them to task. Well, because, you know, last election, I'm going to work with the mayor. I was going to, because he was more aligned with her. She's now sees this ABC party as a threat to her environmental agenda. But frankly, I believe Adrian, I, I mean, I'm good. I'm close with Adrian because we worked together closely for seven years in council. Um, but she, she, to me, sometimes the Green Party loses focus about what their priority is. Uh, you know, right. she, I think she could have been doing more when it related to how the city could be more green in a really, in a really pragmatic way, and she didn't for uh, you know eleven years now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, instead, she she got into bed with a, a lame duck mayor, uh, and uh, ended up nowhere. And and again, and voted against projects and looked like she was anti-development and, and was very aligned to the you know all this stuff with social housing. like, I think one of the th- really interesting things here, and I kind of texted some of the, the winners because I know some of them. Uh, and I, you know, I think it, two things I, I, I would be, I would warn them about is one, uh, be careful. Don't get cocky. <laughs> don't get, don't be humble. Uh, because, you know, super majority, big majority like this on all levels is, can make you, you know, that's what uh, visions. Vision lost time. Yeah. They lost hundred percent. But that said, the election and the, the vote last night showed you that that loud minority of people who are anti-development or whatever we call anti-construction, anti, anti-social housing, anti-not you know these NIMBYs as they get called, uh, the, the majority of the city are saying no, 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 because we have a political party now that has a massive majority on yeah. all levels of government who are pretty much pro-development, you know, and and will understand how to build the Broadway line, all that stuff. That didn't fly with the, the electorate in this election. Uh, and I think that's it's good to remember that when you have those people who come in will scream at you, that they don't represent the majority of the people here. That right. said, right. the numbers you, went down last night to 30, 34, 36% in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. 30% in Surrey for the, the turnout. This is terrible numbers. So we're going to get to numbers. Surrey in a second. But before we do, I want to talk. You mentioned council. You mentioned um, uh, the, the green element um a couple of big sort of known counselors if you will i mean there there are a couple of counselors who were re-elected to to council that that hopefully will bring the experience of how the personal agenda constant alteration to whatever's on the table doesn't get anybody anywhere having a conversation that's meaningful does but there are a couple who um who aren't there anymore and and, and gene swanson and and melissa di genova and and uh um Colleen hardwick's not there because she ran for mayor. Colleen hardwick's not there right and and mike weeb so, and mike weeb so those are mm-hmm. the, not not insignificant names who find themselves mm-hmm. out well mike weeb Took the took the fall because of his conflict of interest that he got away with, but it, 
you know, it just looked bad. It's a bad look. So people remember that stuff. Uh, Jean, she, she didn't get the throwaway vote. There was only a couple of, you know, the fact that NPA ran seven, if they'd run six, it looks like uh, one of one of the forward people might have won. I think they came in 11th. Uh, yeah. And Dulcie, I've forgotten her name. Uh, anyways, uh, so they might have, if they'd run six, you might have seen, a, you wouldn't have seen Jean. She came in like 14th. Uh, Melissa yeah. was way down there. Uh, so Mike took it because of the conflict. Jean just, well, there was, wasn't enough throwaway votes for her. Um, and Melissa just died with the MPA. I mean, they, they're toast. They, they, the people of the city have replaced MPA with APC. If, yeah. if MPA had been functional uh, and ABC didn't exist and John Cooper had been running as, I think this these, this would have been the outcome with MPA if they had a functional board and a functional operation and a good machine and a good candidate, you know, it's all those things. To have a party come out of nowhere, you know, yeah. uh, in, you know, but you're looking at the, the mechanisms and all the people that were at the MPA when I was there are all over at ABC now. So it's all the same people that I worked with yeah. for the time I was in office. Uh, all the backroom people, most almost the entire caucus that was elected in 2018. So, you know, you have this uh, basically ABC, NPA renamed ABC. ABC, yeah, it's a rebrand. It's totally, it's, it's a rebrand. Re they finally got their new name. <laughs> they did. It's like the Liberal Party uh, of BC. Yeah. They just need That's to right. just just start another party and everybody move over there and just be another party. That's anyway, right. well, one um, thing we now, don't know about ABC is actually their mechanism. How, cause one of the challenges that the MPA, by the way, and this is often in the challenge with parties is the, is the whole AGM and the, and the membership and how involved they get and how yeah. you can have these boards get switched around, which was the undoing of NPA in the end. ABC is kind of murky on what happened. Who is, who are, how is, how does membership work? How do I even yeah. join the ABC? Is it, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, but now I will we see who the donor list is? Is is, yeah. is now the time we get to see the donor list and everybody can either, because that's what I'm getting on my Twitter right now. It's like, great, well, my rent eviction is coming then and a tower is going to be built right in front of my place and this and that. Like, they're just coming. And I'm like, really? <laughs> the morning after? Like, not you're going to lean so hard into the rhetoric that you're not even give going to give change an opportunity. Right. And I'm, I'm not... A, an out, outward supporter of any candidate, but I'm looking at where we're at. I wanted change. We got change. We got change 100%. in the city. And, and that's what, that's what this Vancouverite wanted. I want yeah, someone else clearly, to do something different. Yeah. And, but and regarding I think, the donor stuff, that, that, that'll come yeah. out as part of the financials. But I can, I've said this times. I, you know, there are some people who donate and think they have a better, they get to have some, they think they get influence. But my experience is certainly within the world I live in and, and the way where I was politically, generally there's a, just an agreement that the donations were always like, we just want you to run the city properly. Can you please right. and efficiently? Right. And that's, that's all, that's why we're donating. How and about that? Developers. Yeah. It doesn't I, matter. Just want things to be normal. It really is that it's simple. And, and that's not a big, it's not a big ask. Things have not you know? been normal, George. No. Things have not been normal. And I hope no. some normalcy comes in. For a long time. I know. I hope time. I and and the only thing that makes me uncomfortable uncomfortable with the results in Vancouver is the supermajority in council. Because what really bothered me about, about Vision when you were sitting in council, you knew that the decision was made before anybody even walked into the council chambers. And I hope a lesson was learned then. So like you said, so that the people coming in uh, and and the mayor is one vote, but it's it's a very powerful room right now. Uh, mm -hmm. If if there is an agenda at play, people are going to have very little patience for that, and it'll be a, a long and fast four years, or 
this is an opportunity to really get back on track what has clearly gone off the rails for far too long. We do need some semblance of order when it comes to at least the direction. There's been so much noise in the city that nothing's gotten done. Like how many times have we talked about our garbage not getting picked up, our streets breaking down, crumbling infrastructure, budgets that we don't even know, really big expenditures over here and then not enough to actually do the thing. You know, can we get lifeguards at the freaking pool next year? Enough so that I can go swimming once, just once. I didn't Definitely. get to go swimming once. There's, I used to go swimming every single day, every single day. People are, you know, I've, we, I have that contact who were in the lifeguard and there are people that died this year that weren't reported. And, and anyways, it's the lifeguard situation. What? So the, the but I don't want to get into that right now. Okay. Because, Let's go to Surrey. Let's go to Surrey. Just, just, two, just two things regarding Vancouver, okay. because I think this is important in that uh, one of the challenges Ken Sim's going to have, and it's nothing, anything he has control over, but it's going to be really tough to achieve some of his goals, is we are heading into a recession. We have double-digit right. inflation and high interest rates. We yeah. just, if you flipped over the election in the ballot, you would have seen these capital questions. This, these are borrowing questions. This is for borrowing. You, we as electors, Hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. You, you, okay, your interest rates now are 7%. They've gone from maybe 3 to 3% or whatever the city was getting before that. Now they're going to pay 7% on any money they borrow. Yeah. Plus the development, co- the development levies and the development money that is been coming in. Not, this isn't just Vancouver. And I've talked about this in the last couple of episodes. Uh, you know, looking at communities where they had to, seeing it one fourth or one fifth of what they were getting from developers over right. the several years, uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that won't be contributed to cities, including Vancouver, um, that pays for sidewalks and pays for sewers yeah. and pays for infrastructure construction. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're going to have a challenge with the cost of borrowing impacts your operating budget in a big way. So if you're paying right now, the city pays more than 10% of its operating budget is paid to is used to pay down the, the debt that they have. If that interest rate doubles or triples, you can assume your, your, your cost of that will go up uh, exponentially. So real problem for, for any party and any, any government across, but in Vancouver specifically, because it's allowed to borrow a lot of money. Yeah, uh, it's gonna. It didn't, and it doesn't have any savings because Vision didn't save, and Ken, and Kennedy Stewart didn't save. Unlike Burnaby, who has you know billions yeah. of dollars saved, Vancouver has very little money to really play with, and uh, it's it's going to be a challenge to achieve a lot of big goals in the next four years because of those uh, outside I, impacts. I hope that the uh, well said. I hope the priorities shift uh, and tighten to the degree that that what is most needed tops the list of expenditures. And that that the rest be zero tightened up, budgeting. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Start from zero. What do we exactly. need? Yeah. Then you get to the total number at the end, for, to basics, and then you say, okay, now we can ask for this much more. Even if you base it on the current budget, you get to yeah. like, okay, we've managed to we've put a budget together that achieves all the things that we need that that people should expect from their city. That's cost like a billion dollars, let's say, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that means we have six hundred million dollars left to spend, which is the budget last time, one point six billion. What are we going to do with that? Six, how do we spend that six hundred million? Those are the questions. How do we, we be asking? And they should it. be asking them publicly yeah. in council over the next four to six months. Yeah. This council should have hearing after hearing after conversation about what do you want to do with this extra cash? First, yeah. figure out what the basics are. Then say, okay, we got this much money left over. What do you want us to do, people? And do it. So, what happens to the Surrey Municipal Police now? Yeah, Diane Watts was like my co-host last night on CTV, former mayor of Surrey, and she talked a lot about 
the fact that they've already got this line item in their budget and they've set aside this money for, you know, and the, you know, whether the difference between what keeping the RCMP and having a new police force, there's a couple hundred million dollars that they were going to spend uh, that maybe they could look at a hybrid model where they would have the RCMP and then a community police force that's doing other things. Like for example, mental health care stuff, the stuff that Ken Sims talking about these hundred nurses, that kind of stuff. Let's look at what else does Surrey need and let's put that money aside for that. I think that's an interesting idea. It's mm. easier to do that. I think in Surrey with the RCMP than it would be in Vancouver with a strong police union uh, because uh, uh, they, they, they don't see very positively on you creating another police force, another organization that does another thing that, they think is their job. So with the RCMP, they might be more open to that idea. So we'll see what happens there in Surrey. And um, uh, I was super curious because my co-host over there at Steel and Vance, Linda's husband Mm -hmm. is the chief of police in Surrey. And he has been working a very full-time job hiring, you know, a great number of officers with the vehicles and like the structure. And it's, it's been, approved at a provincial level like this this train is down the track and now there's two there's the rcmp and the municipal police and and all of them it is a mess george it's a tangled mess and i'm very 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 expensive experiment very yeah um, double down right now but she ran on it yeah she ran on it and we were surprised that she said outright last night because i thought during her campaign she was going to you know take a look at it and assess it and do a financial breakdown and blah, blah. But she was, she was pretty clear. Definitive. Last night. She was definitive last was night. A, I was surprised uh, by that as well. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Doug McCallum was, he, he, he said, you know, he, we thought he lost. And then now it's the vote. I don't know what happened this morning, but you know, he's he started saying, maybe I'll uh, ask for a recount. <laughs> so he's, he's not walking away yet. But I think Where else do we need to go? Because there was there were a lot of incumbents who West, lost New, last night. West Vancouver, uh, new mayor there. So that was yeah. sort of, I've been predicting that 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 probably might happen. Um, uh, White Rock, you know, another new mayor yeah. predicted, predicted that. Uh, you had. Uh, where else? There was um, New West. Rich Coleman didn't like, uh, win in Langley. Coleman. That was very yeah. surprising. Yeah. New West got a Jonathan, Jonathan Cote lookalike, basically. <laughs> just like his I found it so funny last night when you guys were talking about Langley City and you looked to camera and you're like, let's get to the other Langley. Langley City is one thing, but I thought you yeah, did yeah. just a fantastic job on CTV, honestly. <laughs> I really did. You're, you're great television, George Affleck. Oh, thank you. You are. I was very proud. We were well, at I a, appreciate uh, you a, sending me texts about George. Turn this way, George. Pick up your pen. Stop holding your folding your hands. And I was getting you and Amanda sending me George. Put on some powder because they didn't have a makeup person. I had to do my own makeup, so I'm sitting there dabbing the sweat off my brow. Oh my god! You you had both of your wives, your wife, your <laughs> wife at home, and your TV wife both being like, "Do this, do that, move this, shift your body." Uh, You're, you know. But I thought the content of your, of course, you're handsome, and it was your birthday, but. <laughs> The content of what you brought to it, and I thought Diane did a great job. I thought the whole panel was amazing, and there was I was at an event um, celebrating one of my really good girlfriends beating lymphoma. Like we were having a happy, healthy, you know, patio sit down. Yeah, really great. And they were like, "We got to flip on the TV, turn it on to whatever." They said CBC or Global or whatever. I'm like, oh, we will put on George, <laughs> and you were great. You were great. Thank you. Yeah, I was super proud Thank of you. you. And then yeah, we did fun. this special edition of the program and people can uh, comment and react as they are on my Twitter. I literally got a DM from someone today what, who's like filling up my Twitter feed. I'm like, hey, you can start your own thread. All, all I said was I was sitting on the patio 
watching you. They have a little TV in their kitchen. So we had that. We're all sitting outside and the neighbor across the fence. Rah, 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 and we're like, what? Like thinking he was mad because we were noisy. And he goes, Ken Sims, the mayor. And, and, and the breaking news came up in front of you. And then we're like, oh, Ken Sims, the new mayor. And then immediately, because across the street at West 59th is where we were, was a polling station that's an elementary school and yeah. fireworks erupted. And what? I tweeted, yeah, really? I tweeted fireworks erupting in Vancouver for all the oh, right, yeah. right reasons. Really? You think so it was related I, to this? <laughs> it totally was. We checked was it, and it was, was it people Tom, who were was excited. Chip Wilson's house? Yeah. <laughs> it was 59th. No, no, I was I was down in South Vancouver. Oh, right. 59th and 59th and I don't even know yeah, what. It's illegal in Vancouver. Maybe they think Ken Sims going to legalize them now. I don't know what it was, but dude, the trigger on Twitter, I'm like everybody needs to just calm down. Because people were like, fireworks are not good. What is there? Oh. A fire there now? It's the thing. I'm like, holy shit. Like, slow Come down. On, slow down. Well, people. I thought, and you know, and I thought I was really disappointed. Colleen Hardwick's uh, concession speech was really bad. You know, it wasn't cool. And and then Kennedy Stewart bailed on the media. He did his thing and he just walked out of the building. This is not like that's new. Like that's new. I know, but it's just he hasn't I mean, answered my then, phone call in four years, dude. I've been filling yeah, in on CKW all last summer. Every day I did afternoon drive. I, I literally said anytime. Weird. But I was like, anytime. Oh no, he's busy. Okay, you tell me when he's not busy. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> Anyways, at busy. George. Underscore. Affleck. He's he's one year older and one day older, everybody. <laughs> at at George underscore Affleck on Twitter. At Jody Vance on Twitter. Jody with a Y. Be nice. Be calm. Be kind. Be safe. All those things. And this oh, is right. our episode for this week, by the way. We're not going to do one at the end of the week. Can we take a break? We're, take, we're taking a day off. We're, we're just... Tune into Steel and Vance, though, on check at 8 p.m. right after Jeopardy. Linda and I will likely be discussing all the things as well. And uh, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Day. Bye.